thankful for God's words today. Thankful that we can dig into the word uh, and see what he's got for us. Uh, But Psalm 130, God's word is rich today and I'm glad we can dig into it. You know, every page of this Bible has something for you today. Do you realize that? No matter where you turn, no matter where you look, you can find something for yourself. And a lot of times the the problem is, is it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit. uh, And that's the problem we get in sometimes. We try to open it up, read it like a newspaper, and expect without really any thought or any prayer or anything else uh, that we can get something. And it just doesn't work that way. But I'm glad the opposite is true. If all we have to do, we can pray and ask the author, Jesus Christ, say, will you help me today to, uh, to understand what you've got for me and show me how I can apply it to your life? You do that and it will work every time. I'm thankful that God's word and I'm glad the Lord is in every one of these pages too. Uh, But Psalm 130, we're going to look at that this morning. Verse one, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they uh, that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the songs, the testimonies, the answered prayers. Lord, thank you for allowing us to come in together to worship you. Lord, I ask that you use me today. Clear my mind. Lord, help me to focus. Lord, help me to preach what you've given. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to hear it. Lord, uh, that your spirit would touch each heart. Lord, would uh, that it wouldn't just go in the mind, but it would hit the heart. Oh, take away the distractions, Lord. Open up the altar today. And Lord, we ask for all these things in the precious name of Jesus. In his name we pray and amen. amen. So look here right at the first verse. We see it says, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. And when people are in trouble, they call on many different people, right? If you've got something wrong, if there's a problem, uh, you know, if it's an emergency, you dial 911. Uh, Maybe it's a a decision you're having to make. Maybe you dial, uh, you know, a parent or a best friend or something like that. Or maybe there's water leaking down in the basement of the church, hypothetically, and you call one of the brothers that knows what they're doing. You know, you do think there's many people that we call for different things when we're when we need help or we're in trouble. But this psalmist is in a dark place. Do you see this? He is saying out of the depths. That's what he's starting right there. So he is saying, hey, we can see he is in a dark despair. There is a, a large problem in his life. But out of the depths have I cried unto to thee, O Lord. He's not crying to those around him, not crying to parents, not crying to friends, not calling, uh, you know, they didn't have 911, but if he were alive today, he didn't call them either. No, he is crying out to the Lord. And let me ask you a question. Have there, has there ever been a point in your life, and maybe it's right now, where you've been in uh, just the depths of despair, uh, all hope feels like it's gone, you're in a dark place, Where, who are you crying out to today? Where are you trying to go for help? Are you crying out to the Lord like he is? Because he's in a dark spot right here. We can see it just in a few words at the beginning. In our times of trouble, where do we turn to first? If you turn to the bank account first, that shows where you're putting your trust. 
If you had turned to some person first, that's really who you're trusting. But really, we need to go to the Lord first. And if you're like me, what do you try to do? You fix, try to fix things yourself and you get to even deeper into a problem. And then finally you turn to the Lord. I don't know if he did that or not, uh, but sometimes we try to fix things. But you realize the Lord is ready to hear. Isn't that a blessed thing? As soon as we pray, he's ready to hear us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to give uh, him our problems. He's ready to rescue or to send help. But are we crying out to him? And, and look what he says. Verse 2, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And I don't know if you, you read things like this and verses like this and you start to wonder, why is he even saying this, right? If, if I'm praying to the Lord, why am I telling the Lord basically to listen up? That's what verse two is. Lord, I need you to listen to me. Uh, I need your ears to be tuned into what I'm saying uh, as if the Lord is like we are. You know, when, as I, I'll admit it. Sometimes you're talking to me in a conversation. I'm not always listening, Right. That happens, right? We Maybe we nod our head, but our mind's somewhere else. He's saying, Lord, I want you to focus on what I'm saying. But here's the thing. Uh, it's not the Lord that's losing focus. Sometimes there are things we have done that hinder prayer. And I'll just give you two examples, but there's more in the Bible. 1 John 3, 22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, if we're not as obedient to the Lord, the prayers might get hindered. And then uh, 1 Peter 3, 7, this is for the husbands. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And again, I've just picked out two, uh, whether you're disobedient, whether you're a husband that's not honoring and loving your wife that hinders your prayers, or maybe it's unbelief. There's verses on that too. Uh, but why is the psalmist saying this? Why is he telling the Lord to listen up? And I think it's because of the first verse, don't you? I, I think it's because he's turning to the Lord because he's in despair. He's got no other hope. He's got nowhere else to turn. So he's saying, Lord, if you don't hear my prayer, I'm done. If you don't listen, if you don't respond, I've got nowhere else to turn to. That's where he's saying, Lord, I need you to listen. I believe it was because of the place where he was at. I've got nothing I can do. But sometimes we say that with our lips, but do we really believe it? Do we really believe if the Lord weren't to intervene, that would be it? Because I tell you what, a lot of us are really there and we don't realize it. We trust in ourselves, but I'll tell you what, you, you know, you think about it, how quickly can things fail just like that? Health can fail just like that. Uh, money can go away just like that. Uh, you know, all these happens and, uh, you know, things could be totally different. We need to trust him and we need to pray. And Lord's been working on me in this uh, uh, at the beginning of this year as well. We need to pray as if we don't pray uh, that it's going to be a disaster and everything is wrong because it's true. We've got to. Verse 3, and I want you to look at this close. If thou, Lord, <clears throat> shouldest, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Now remember, the psalmist is in the depths of despair, right? That's what he said in the beginning. He's in a dark spot. He's got no other hope other than the Lord. We've learned that from the third, first couple verses. So you would think if he's praying to the Lord and he's told the Lord to listen up and he's in a dark place, by the time you get to verse three, wouldn't he tell the Lord what he needs? 
That's what I do. Don't you? I probably already told him before verse 2. He said, hey, this is what I need. I, this is what I need to get out of it. But he's saying, no. He gives us a statement. And he's saying, uh, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark it, uh, mark should us mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? And basically what he's saying is, Lord, if you kept track of every single sin uh, that I made and you kept that on my account, O Lord, who shall stand? You see what he's saying right there? If every sin I've ever committed, I had to be held accountable for and I had to pay back and I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ how is anyone going to be able to stand? That's what he's saying right there. What a statement. But I want you to think about it. Imagine you. Pay attention. Imagine you, right? Imagine you are, are standing before Jesus Christ, the judge. Think of a courtroom, a, a judge. He pulls out the record book. And, I, you know, I'm sure it's bigger than this. And I'm sure, you know, volume after volume filled with sin after sin, right, that you've committed and start stacking it up one after another of all the sins that you've committed, right? I want you to think about that. These are your sins, all the disobedience, all the lying, all all the cheating, all the gossiping, you know, just everything. Every every time you knew to do good and didn't do it because that's a sin as well. All those sins just being piled up and you think about it and you're standing before God. You're standing before Christ. What would you plead? Right? What would you say? Today, what would they say in our court system? Every charge you have to say guilty, not guilty, and then they got a couple other ones. But mainly it's those first two. What are you going to say? You're going to have to say guilty, right? He is not making up anything. He's not making up any parts of the record. He's not, uh, uh, you know, like witnesses today, they forget after a while. You see something and you start to forget it and you start to fill in your own blanks, uh, you know, or you see and hear things you don't see and hear. You know, witnesses aren't very reliable, but I'm not talking about a human witness I'm talking about the Lord that sees everything and knows everything. And, and he, he can keep a record of all that. What would you plead? <clears throat> you know what? And here's the thing. You stand before him. You don't have to say anything. In all reality, you're going to know. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life, right? That's who he is. And, and everything in it will be true, the entire record. You don't have to question the evidence or anything else. Or really, uh, uh, there's really going to be no question. You're guilty of everything that he said. And maybe you're thinking this. Maybe you're thinking, well, Mike, that, that's not me. I'm not the criminal. I'm not the bad person, right? I, I'm not the one that you're talking about that's standing before the judge. Well, here's what the Bible says. Uh, maybe you don't think you've got page after page of sins on your account. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And that's, that's saying, hey, it started with Adam, and then it's been passed down ever since. And as soon as sin entered into the world, death entered into the world. And he's saying all have, right? Isn't that what he says? Uh, death's passed upon all men for all have sinned. And here's the thing. If you don't think you've sinned, then I guess you're not going to die. Right? Who's escaped death? Right. Nobody. 1 John 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There's a lot of people in this world that are deceived today. They think they're fine. They think they're a pretty good person. The Bible says no, all have sinned. 
And if you don't think you've not sinned, then you are deceived uh, yourself. That's what the Bible says. First uh, John 1 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we lie and his word is not in us. Mm. There's just a couple right there. Don't be deceived. Don't let this world, don't even let your own mind try to convince you that you haven't sinned. Uh, God has already stated that you're guilty. You're a sinner. Everything that he knows about you is true. And if you have not come to Jesus Christ, all of your sin is still on your record. It's still there. It's all of it's there. And if you're guilty right now, and all those sins are on your record. Hebrews 9, 12. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You've got sin on your account. You will die someday and you will stand before the judge. And that metaphor I was giving you at the beginning is real. You will stand before Jesus Christ and you will have the record. So again, what will you, how are you going to be able to stand? Because the moment you die, you close your eyes without Jesus Christ. We talked about this a few weeks ago. You're going to open up your eyes in hell just like the rich man. You'll stay there for a while. And then at a certain day, you will stand before him in judgment. It'll take a while, but you will. You will stand before Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? How are you going to stand? If you're standing before Jesus, what are you going to do? You're going to call him a liar? Some are going to try Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these things in your name? Or Lord, you've made a mistake. Is that your plan? Is that your plan to stand before God who created this entire universe, who set the stars in the sky, who put the earth in the right place at the right angle, spinning at the right speed so that we don't get cooked or frozen, right? The, the one who's done all of that with such precision. Don't you listen to the scientists. The Lord created this place. And uh, you're going to tell that God that we can see the one who created us, created everything about us. We can't even understand. Our humans, we think we're so smart we know so little about our own brains it's not even funny right because we're trying to use our brain to figure out our brain and it's just silly right you're going to tell that god he's a liar you're going to tell that god he's mistaken you're going to tell that god you must have the wrong guy you're crazy you are crazy how are you going to stand how are you going to stand before him think about it Oh, well, I've thought about my plans for next week. I've thought about career. I've thought about what college I'm going to go to. I've, I've thought about all these different things, and I've got all kinds of plans worked out. What about when you die? You got that plan worked out? Because that's the most important. What are you going to do? Right? Go back to that verse. It's hard to read, but I'll do it again. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? I'm glad the song doesn't stop right there look at verse 4 but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared see right now do you know what you can do right now you can deal with those charges you can deal with that sin you can deal with the guilt before you stand before Jesus Christ the judge what do we do today right what happens today somebody commits a crime you know what happens 
Here's what happens. Uh, hopefully, if everything works right, now that I'm just going to assume everything's working right, but you commit a crime, uh, they catch you, uh, the prosecuting attorney is going to come and say, here's all the evidence, here's the evidence we have against you, and then you're going to have a defense attorney, and, and everyone's going to get together and going to look at it, and that defense attorney is going to take you inside and say, hey, they've got a pretty good case. Now, what do you want to do? You can roll the dice and go through the entire trial, and if they find you guilty, you know, every sentence has a minimum and a maximum, you're probably going to be near the maximum. Or, you can cut a deal. You can do a plea deal, you can say I'm guilty, they'll knock off a whole bunch of charges, and you get a lesser sentence. This happens all the time, by the way, right? Because they don't have enough time to try every single case. Uh, it just wouldn't work that way. Or we'd all be in jury duty every day of our life, all the time, right? Everyone who did commit a crime would be in jury duty all their life. So they don't have enough time to do that. So they're always doing plea deals, right? And that's what they say. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you, you plea down. And a lot of times we, we look at it and it, it seems like a problem. But really, it's the only way that the whole system can work, even though it doesn't always work the greatest. But you can plead guilty, save yourself all the time, get a lesser sentence, and maybe even get probation, maybe get house arrest, maybe get things like that, and then you're done, right? Everything's passed, you've paid your debt to society, you're done, and you can start over, and a lot of people take those deals. A lot of people do. They're afraid. They or, or whatever. They're, they they don't want the maximum jail time or and, and everything else. But see, that's the that's the earthly justice system. But what about Jesus Christ? He's the perfect judge. He's perfectly just. But here's the thing. You know what he's offering. Remember I read those two verses I said to you, uh, 1 John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Uh, and then uh, verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, right in the middle there in verse 9, so denier, denier in the middle, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness right there in the middle. If you'll just get away from denying your sin and get right in the middle, he says, hey, if you just confess it. And then Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I am telling you today, if you are guilty in your sin because you are, the Bible says you are, if you haven't, had, if you haven't deceived yourself and think you're all right, uh, if you haven't believed the lies of this world and you believe what the Bible says that if you die in your sin, you will go to hell and you will stand before him and you will be guilty. If you'll admit those things and if you will realize uh, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, he, he was buried, he rose on the third day victoriously, and that if you can believe that he did that, uh, admit you're a sinner, uh, you know what you can do? You can get a plea deal from Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. You can go to him. You can go to the judge before it's time, before the case, uh, before you stand before him, and you can admit you're a sinner. He already has the records to prove it. And guess what? You're still making more records. 
right? You're still sinning. You're not dead yet. Uh, and you know what he will do? He will not shorten your sentence like they do on this earth, right? He won't make you go to purgatory. I don't care what they say. It's not in the Bible. There's nowhere near in the Bible. He won't make you do that. You know what he'll do? He, he's got all the records. You admit it. He won't put you on house arrest. He will clear the record completely as if you've never sinned. Gone. Gone. If you go to the judge and you admit to, if you go to Jesus Christ, admit you're a sinner, he will completely clear your record, forgive every single sin, cleanse you, make you a new creature, make you born again, give you a completely new life, complete new start. He will do that for you. And you think of that. Let's go back to the earthly justice system. If you could get all of your crimes completely gone like that, what would somebody pay for that? Yeah. What would they pay? What about the guy, the crypto guy, right, that's in big trouble? He has a pled. If you haven't heard of it, uh, maybe part of you have, but uh, the, the one guy with the big hair, you know, that's huge fraud. Uh, billions, I mean, crazy how big of a fraud it is. He said, no, not guilty. So he's going to go through the trial and see what happens, right? He's going to let the dice play out and, and see what happens. Uh, but the problem is some of his cohorts there have already pled and they're working against him. He's in trouble, right? Yeah. What would he pay to get out of that? Right. He doesn't have any real money anymore, but what would he pay to get out of that? Millions and millions. What would you get it? What would you pay to get out of hell for eternity? Eternity. These criminals are, they're, they're getting, maybe they get locked up for the rest of their life and it's decades or whatever, but eventually it's done, right? Yeah. Hell never ends. What would you give to get, to get out of hell? Everything you own. But guess what he charges? Nothing. 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 Ephesians 2 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus Christ gives away the plea deal for free. The earthly justice system would say you're crazy, right? You've got him guilty. He you're gonna, if it goes to trial, we're gonna win, and you're gonna let him plea out and not make him face anything. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? That's what Jesus is offering. That's what he's offering. But how could he do that? Because you know what you and I would say if a judge, if they said, you know what, no trial, no nothing, we're just going to let him walk free, we'd just say that's a miscarriage of justice. Right? Where's the justice? How can Jesus do that and still be just? Because he already paid the price for your sins. He paid the price on Calvary, on the cross. Even before he was on the cross, he was mocked, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was spit on, his beard was plucked out. Then they nailed him to the cross, and for six hours he was in agony and torment. He did all of that to pay for your sin, so that way you could come to him and get a plea deal and get it for free, because he already paid it, he already died for you. He did that. It's free. My goodness. What's he saying? If thou, Lord, 
Should mark, should us mark us my iniquities? Oh Lord, who shall stand? We can't stand on our own. That's why we can confess it now and get grace and mercy from and salvation and a new life from Jesus Christ. The end of the verse. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. That's verse four. The last part says, hey, once you are saved, once you accept that free gift of salvation, and once you offer what he has given, the plea deal and taking it, I tell you what, you should reference God after that. You should say praise God for him. That should be a godly fear. He's given me a clean slate. He's given me a new start. Uh, All those old sins are washed away. Everything made new. He's done that for me. I tell you what that we should praise him but we should also fear him and say you know what I don't want to keep going against a God that loves me that much. That's what he's saying. I want to serve him forever. He's given me a different eternity. I was guilty and now he's made me as if I was innocent. Praise God. But remember the beginning of the psalm. This is a prayer. Verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. We've kind of gone on this tangent with verse 3 for a while. But remember, this is still a prayer of a psalmist that's in trouble, that's in despair. He's praying and telling the Lord, remember how he started, I'm in despair. Verse two, uh, Lord, if you don't hear my prayers, there's no hope. And now in verse three, he's still praying, but he's reminding himself that, hey, I used to be a sinner with no hope, but I found forgiveness with Jesus Christ. And he's saying all of this and his problem is still there. You know what he's saying? Even in despair. I still have reason to praise God, right? Verse five, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait and in his word do I hope. So he's saying, hey, the same Lord that died for my sins, the same Lord uh, uh, that, that will not abandon me, that won't give up on me, the same Lord that forgave me and gave me a new start. I'm gonna wait on that Lord. I'm going to let him rescue me and I'm not going to grumble, mumble, complain, get frustrated and tell everybody how bad my life is. I'm going to praise God because he saved me even in despair, even in the trial. I'm going to continue to praise Jesus Christ because of what he's done. I don't care how bad it is. I'm not giving up on the Lord because he still loves me. He's not abandoned me. And one day I'll be where he is. And guess what? My troubles down here are nothing compared to what he's already done for me that's what the psalmist is saying right here I'm just going to wait for him to rescue me Hebrews 13 5 and 6 for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that way we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me even in the depths of despair he's clinging to God he's clinging to God's word he's saying we can make it and I'm telling you what if that psalmist can make it I don't know what he was going through and I don't know what you're going through but I've gone through some dark things in my life and I'll tell you what the only way I'm able to stay here now and stand before you as I clung to the Lord. That's it. That's it. Verse 6, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. He's saying, hey, as a Christian, even in despair, I'm telling you what, we are longing to see the judge, aren't we? We are longing to see Jesus Christ. See, as a guilty man, you're afraid of the judge. But as a saved man, you can't wait to see the judge. You can't wait to be where he's at. Why? Because we're going to worship him. We're going to see him face to face. We're going to see the same 
Jesus that went through all of that uh, for us so that we could be forgiven. What are we going to do? I don't know about you, but when I see him, I'm bowing at his feet as first as I can get. Worshiping him for what he's done. There are people, verse 6 is talking about, that hope for something better tomorrow. When the morning comes, things will be better. Right? My situation will be better. The market will be better. Right? Career will be better. Something will be better in the morning. And the psalmist saying, I've got a better hope than that. It's better right now. That's what he's saying. Where's your hope today? Where's your hope today? And how are you going to stand before the judge? You'll stand before him. Either as guilty or as pardoned. One way or another. How are you going to stand today? Verse 3. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark my Shouldest mark iniquities. O Lord, who shall stand? That message needs to go out to this world. They will stand before Jesus Christ. But what are they going to plead? They're going to be guilty. They may argue, I don't know. But I'm telling you what, it won't work. He knows your heart today. And he died for you. And he wants you to come to him. Right? And if you're in despair today... I still don't know what was going on in the psalmist's life because he never really asks, Lord, get me out of despair. In fact, he even, we didn't read, we read it at the very beginning, but he's saying he's even talking about not just myself, but Israel as a whole can put their hope in the Lord too, right? We can all trust him because he's going to redeem us one day from all our iniquities. What a God. I want to know who this is. I don't know who it is. Someday we'll figure it out. But aren't you glad? We've got another brother, sister in Christ, somebody that's trusting in God, that's praying to him and saying, you know what? Even in despair, I'm still saved and I've still got a real hope. Is that you today? I'm going to ask everyone to stand up.